We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. So we're still in this series called Eternity. Who, and as, if you're watching it on the e-group slides, Pastor Jordan goes, yeah, it seems like the series is going on and on and on and on. It's like, uh, anyway, it, uh, <laughs> who's doing the e-group series? Some are, oh, where else are you going to start them? And so that's going to be good. And so um, this, this series, Eternity, really gets um, uh, its life from a scripture in Ecclesiastes. And so let's go, turn in our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Who's got their Bible this morning? I don't care if you have to flip to it or swipe to it as long as you bring your Bible. Amen. I pray you've got a way to take notes as well. Uh, write some stuff down. You know, it's not, about, it's not important what uh, I say. It's, what important, it's what's important what the Holy Spirit says to you why, through the Word of God and why someone's ministering. And many times someone says something and, I, uh, and it triggers something from the Holy Spirit. And then I write something down. And then when I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's what God was saying to me. And so I pray you've got your Bibles. I pray you've got your notebooks. And we'll go from there. And so uh, before we read that scripture, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every single person here today. I thank you, Lord, that you have put eternity in our hearts. Lord, you've called us for a purpose. It says you knew us before we were even born. Uh, Lord, and so this morning I pray, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to us individually. Lord, speak to our homes. Speak to our church. Speak to each other. Lord, I thank you for all the volunteers and the kids out in Kids Church right now, anyone in the parents' room. Lord, would you speak to them as well? Holy Spirit, would you comfort? Would you guide? Would you encounter? And so, Lord, as we open up the Word of God this morning, we give you all the glory. Lord, would you come and minister in our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Ding. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work uh, from beginning to the end. He has planted eternity in the human heart. I pray this morning. I don't know what your Christian journey is like. That's a great word, isn't it? It's a great Christian word, your journey. I'm on a journey. Who likes going on a journey? As long as it involves a car, I'm, I'm happy with that journey. Uh, you know, but we're on a journey. We're, we're doing life. That's really what it's saying. We're, we're doing life and, and God has planted eternity in our life. And, but here's the thing, before this, this, this series started, I was honest. I was like, yeah, I don't really think of eternity that much. I don't know about you, but I was like, yeah, well, I'm more about the here and the now. And in fact, sometimes I you know, just got a few things on. I'm, I'm, I, I open up my diary and I go, what's on today? Anyone go day to day? It's like, ah, life's a little bit crazy. But uh, there's a few gaps and we always like making room. And, but I didn't really think of eternity. Eternity seems a long way off. But you know, uh, we could be stepping into eternity tomorrow. 
If we pass away, if something happens, we're stepping into eternity tomorrow. And so it's really important what we do now, because what we do now will echo into eternity. I've got the right quote now. It's from Gladiator, not Troy. Or, and it's not Brad Pitt, it's Russell Crowe. But what we do now will echo in eternity. It's the start of Gladiator. Who knows the movie? Who's, who's excited about that quote? Why aren't you excited? It's, a, it's a action-packed anyway. But it's so true. What we actually do now will affect eternity. What we don't do now also will affect eternity. I'm so excited that someone said to, uh, that they will be a cabin leader at a little camp in Waikanae, north of Wellington, called El Rancho. Anyone know of El Rancho? We're way down south here, but hey, El Rancho, anyway. But I'm so glad someone thought, you know what, I want to be a cabin leader and I want to look after some snotty-nosed little punks who, who their parents are getting a week off and uh, we, we're just going to look after them and, and create an opportunity for them to encounter Jesus. Uh, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 14. That has echoed eternity. It definitely has for me. I'm not sure when you gave your heart to Jesus, but uh, it has echoed into eternity from that on. And so this morning as we go through, there's, there's been some uh, parables that we've been looking at. There's been the parable of the talents out of Matthew chapter 25. There's, there's the parable of the minor out of Luke chapter 19. And we're gonna, I'm going to read a little bit from that this morning. Um, but I just believe this morning that God wants to... Um, uh, arrest us. He wants to tell you, like, uh, I was going to say, has anyone been arrested? Don't answer that question. <laughs> I was 16. Uh, anyway, I've repented. But what happens when you get arrested is, is you have to, you're, you're stopped and you have to give, us, give an account for where you, what you do, what you've been up to. So I believe God wants to arrest us now, now where we still have an opportunity to choose how we live our life. Uh, and so, so yeah, I actually just feel that's prophetic right there. Um, so let's go to Luke chapter 19, the parable of the miners. The miners is an amount of money. Um, it's about three months worth of salary. Uh, so it's a small amount. And that, and so, you, who's, who's at Luke chapter 19? No one? All right, who's at Luke chapter 19? Don't be quiet on us this morning. All right, so it's Luke chapter 19. Here's the thing. Jesus is telling this parable in a certain place. And why do I know that is because when we start the parable, it says this, um, uh, the crowd was listening to everything and said, and said, and because he was near Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct their impression. But it says that the crowd was listening to everything and he'd just been at Zacchaeus' place in Jericho. Who knows the story of Zacchaeus, the little wee man? And what did he do, climb a tree? All right, so, and then, and then Zacchaeus is talking and he has this question, oh, you know, he's, he's gone to have dinner with tax collectors, like the worst people in the land. The sinners, the sinners, tax collectors were, were of the same level. 
But the Pharisees there and the teachers of the law were like getting, oh, he's gone to have dinner with him. But then Jesus says at the end of, of or in in uh, chapter 9, it says, oh, sorry, verse 9 of chapter 19, salvation has come to his home today for the son has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And then he goes, moves into this parable. And he moves into this parable because they were believing that the kingdom of God was gonna, is going to be at hand. They were under Roman occupancy, under law, all that sort of stuff. And so, they were believing that Jesus, the Messiah, or sorry, the Messiah, was going to come back, overthrow the Roman Empire, bring life, make it good, and all that sort of stuff in the natural. But Jesus obviously has said, you know, I'm going to destroy the temple and in three days rebuild it again. But not rebuild it naturally, but rebuild it in the spirit, rebuild it in the promises of God. Are we good? Are we keeping up? All right, so now we're at this point where he's, he's been at Zacchaeus' place. He's just had dinner with him. He's just declared his role in life. His role in life is the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that, those that are lost. I, I'm so glad that, that someone has introduced me to Jesus. I was introduced me when I was 14, fell away from God, recommitted my heart when I was 17, and from then on, just done my best to follow Jesus. Made many, many mistakes. Still probably going to make many mistakes, but still following Jesus because that's what his job was. That's what he wanted to do. He's come to seek and save the lost. If you're here this morning, and if you don't know Jesus, Jesus came to seek and to save you. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's keep going. Now, we've got this parable, so let's read it. Um, uh, can we put it up on the screen if that's possible? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I gave you guys the wrong one. I'll just read it out of here. Um, it says this, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would be reigning right away. He said, a noble man was called away to, dis- to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me a while I'm, while I'm gone. But, this, but his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what the profits were. The first servants reported, Master, I've invested your money and made um, 10 times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are good. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little. I'll entrust you um, so you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said, you will be governor over five cities. But the third servant um, brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you don't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I am a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvest crops I don't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing by, the king ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one who has has the 10 pounds 
But Master Day said, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do not, nothing, uh, who do nothing, even with what little they have, it will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. Who knows that's a good day for some people and a bad day for others. This, this parable is, is, is really important because it's very similar to the parable of the uh, talents. And, uh, but, you know, the talents was 10, 5, and 1. That was the, uh, what, what was given. And so there was 100% and 100% and 0%. That was in the talents. When they brought back the 10, they doubled it. The 5, they doubled it. The 1, they didn't do anything with it. Still 0%. But the miners, it says they were all given the same amount. And one came back with a, a thousand percent increase. That's good business right there. Anyone own a business who would like that? Uh, the second person came back with a 500% increase. But the third person came back with another 0% increase. These, these parables are really similar, but there's something really important that we, we need to know is that what, what God has given us, we have to use it well. We have to use it well. Some might say, well, I've only been given this. doesn't matter. Let's just use it well. The, again, they were out in Jericho. And, and, and it's why I shared that at the beginning was because the context is really important because when, when something happens in our spirit, when, when we know that Jesus came and died for us and, and, and took our sin on the cross, something happens in our spirit. And that's why I wanted to cheer about Zacchaeus. Because what happened in Zacchaeus' spirit? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus had heaps of money. In fact, he'd stolen money. He'd charged money more than, than what he was supposed to take. But something happened in Zacchaeus' life. And we can read that in, in chapter 19 as well. But l- listen to what he says. Um, meanwhile, in verse 8 of 19, it says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. I don't know what your response is when Jesus came into your life. I don't know how you responded, but Zacchaeus responded this way. And I find it really interesting that Zacchaeus responded from a financial point of view. He didn't respond from a, if I've hurt someone or a forgiveness point of view, or if I've disappointed someone. He responded from a financial point of view. And these parables are talking from a financial point of view. Are we there this morning? Are we, you're all gone quiet. I'm like, I've, I've lost you, have I? No. And so there's a financial point of view. And so here's the thing is, um, money is the lowest form of stewardship. Finances is the lowest form of stewardship. In fact, if we read Luke chapter 16, verses 10 to 12, is that come up on the screen? It says this, If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. Now the parable of the miners is, is that they all get given one, one, about three months worth of wages. A small amount. A small amount, and then what was, the, what was the reward for it? They got to become a governor over 10 cities. So a small thing 
Faithful in the small thing then gives you responsibility over what is true riches of God. The true riches of God are people, amen? The, the true riches of God are the people that are lost, the people that are already found. The true riches of God are all about people. That's why in Luke chapter 15, when we've shared these stories as well about the lost coin and the lost sheep, why does it finish with the lost sons? Because it's about people. It's about people. But here's the thing. We're never going to get given people if we're not good stewards with the little. Good steward with the little. And that's why Zacchaeus, I'm like, wow. That's, that, well, that was the response from Jesus. He's going to be faithful in the little because he's figured out that the finances was the very thing that they, he was putting his trust in. Do you know, this? I've always said this, is that worldly trust is, is money. When you've got a big bank account, you don't need anything else. But when you've got a small bank account, you need faith. <laughs> well, you can have a big bank account with faith as well if God's entrusted you and gifted you that way. But I want to say this morning, when we're faithful with the little stuff, God's going to give us the big things. That's why we're a little bit, I think sometimes we're maybe a little bit casual when it talks about offering, when it talks about tithing. We're, we're not a church that's like, but does that mean I, I don't expect it? Yeah, I, I do expect it. I'm saying that, and I pray in the right way. Why? Because I, if, if I'm expecting to see tithing come in, it's because you're going to get blessed. You're going to get blessed. It's not, not about the church getting finances. It's about, man, we're faithful in the little stuff. God's going to bless you with the greater things that are, that are people. And so I pray this morning that this is, this is something that's going to capture your heart. And go, man, let's be faithful in the small stuff. Because I want to see people come to know Jesus. This year at O-Week, we're just being faithful. We're putting finances into it. And donut machines going, hammer and tongs. People are talking. Popcorn machines going. Red frogs are getting thrown out. Or and eaten. Pancakes have been made. We're just being faithful with the bit of finances that we have as a church to go, hey, let's go and do this. I think, you know, I don't know a whole lot, but I'm pretty sure we spend around $4,000. Maybe a little bit less, I'm not sure. Uh, but man, this just being faithful with a small amount. And going, man, how can we love these students? How can we, how can we go, hey man, get planted in a great church? Come and see us. We're close to campus and probably work with life. You know, you don't have to walk too far. But don't fall away from God. Don't fall away from God. We, we, we want to put finances into believing. You know, when it comes to Red Frogs teams, they're going into halls every week. Different halls are actually asking, we need a team, we want a team, we want a team. There's more pancakes, more pancakes and more pancakes. But we're just being faithful with the small because the true riches is salvation. The true riches echoes in eternity. Some person's salvation could be affected. Why? If we deal and look after the small. You know, there's more parables as well. There's heaps of parables in the Bible. I think there's about 33 off, off the top of my head. Um, there's a parable of the seed and the sower in Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to come to that in a minute. But 
Another great popular scripture in the Bible is Ephesians 3.20. Right? Ephesians 3.20. You'll throw it up on the screen. Let's read it because I just believe God's doing something. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, deal, bear with me. I've got to unpack this a little bit. That we might ask or think. We might ask or think. All right. In your Bibles, turn to 25, Matthew 25. And it is verse... 24. Isn't it amazing what we think will actually determine what we then do? Our perspective on something will then determine our output on something. Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 25, the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. That's just another way to say I think. I think as a man thinks in his heart, so it is, right? So how do you think about God? When we look at Ephesians 3.20, if we can put that back up there, it's still up there, it says more than we might ask or think. Now, three servants here, they're all three servants, whether it's the parable of the talents or the parables of the minor, they all do something with it. We see the first person does well and they both get the same reward. The second person does well, they both get the same reward. Now, the the third person, both third people thought the master was hard. The master was harsh. The master, he was, he was thinking that, man, this is, this is how it is. I'm afraid I can't do this. But we as Christians, come on, we as believers, we know the scripture says God can do immeasurably more. Uh, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more. This morning I want to encourage you and say, man, how are you thinking? If God's given you a small thing, what's your thinking about it? How, oh man, I'm going to use it this way. I'm going to invest it over here. I'm going to do this over here. Oh, this is going to take a little bit of effort. It's going to take a little bit of work, but I know that I can do it because God put the power of God in me. We're quiet this morning, just, just saying. Because God's put the power of God in us. He's put, he lives in us. Greater is He that lives in us than He that lives in the world. So we can, man, man how, what God has given us as individuals, what God's given us as a church, can, He can do infinitely more than we could ask or think. Oh, week, we're like, I'm talk, I, was, I went down to Matt. I was like, first on, on Monday, I was down there. I was like, where's your team? He's like, this is it. I'm like, Really? You got like six people here, because in my natural, I'm thinking, man, we've got to, we've got to, we want thirty people down there, talking to people and all this. But hey, we're going to be faithful with what we've got. We're going to believe that God can do infinitely more than we can ask or think, at work with the power of God within us. So here's the thing: go back to the parable of the seeds in Matthew chapter 13, verses four to nine. I'm not going to read it all, but we talk about the seed and the sower. And it says, you know, seed fell on the footpath, but then birds came along. And seed fell on the shallow soil, underlining rock, and it sprouted and then it it died off. And then there's the seed that gets planted in the ground, but thorns grow up 
and suffocate it. But then it's the seed that falls on fertile ground. Who's fertile ground this morning? Come on, we're all fertile ground this morning. But I love this because it says this. And as he scattered them across the field, some seed fell on footpath and birds came along and ate them. Other seed fell on shallow ground, soil with underlining rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon withered under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell among the thorns and grew up and choked out uh, tender plants. Check this out. This is the best part. It says, still other seed fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much has been planted. 30, 60, 100 times and as, as, as much could be planted. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'd be real happy if, if, if I was a 30. I'd be like, because this talks about soil. The soil's our heart. And our response is how, how God then uses us. Man, I'm happy with 30. But the way God, the kingdom of God is not fair. Because we think, oh, I've got to have what, that, that's not fair. Tell me about it. I've got three kids. If one has a lolly, the other has to have a lolly. <laughs> you can't do nothing secret with any of the kids. It'll come back Anyway. But in the kingdom, it's like, no, some's 30, some 60, some are 100 fold. I'd be happy if my life produced a 30 fold harvest. But that's a 30 fold harvest from one seed. But there's more, infinitely more. There's 60 fold harvest, there's a 100 fold harvest. You know, this week, Benny Hinn passed away, Billy Graham. I was going to say same thing, but not. <laughs> not the same thing. Anyway, Billy Graham, excuse me. Uh, Billy Graham passed away. Do you know that it's, I don't, I don't know if this is rumor but, or fact, but um, I'm pretty sure it's fact that the person who led Billy Graham to the Lord only led one other person to the Lord. But Billy Graham led 210 million people to the Lord. So what harvest is in us? What responsibility does God want to give you and me? You know, I'm believing as a church there's a double anointing on us. Uh, but here's the double thing is it's got to come from being wise with the little that we have. Because there's an opportunity for God to pour out, pour out His blessing over us. Do we know how to do it all? No. But that's, I think, how God's going to work. We're just going to reach out. We're going to be faithful with the little. We're going to be faithful with God, what God's given us. And then He will bless us with, the, with much more. If I can have the music team, that would be great. Thank you. The, the title of the message this morning is More Than Interest. Why do I say the title was More Than Interest? It was because that was what the, the Master had said. Why don't you just put it in the bank? At least I would have got interest. See, God has so much more for you and for me. More than interest. More than interest. More than interest. He's interested in you so much. He's given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you the small. But then we choose how we want to use the small.
How do we think? Do we think that God has called you? Do you think that God has, 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 uh, has, ch- has challenged you? Do you think, well, what I know about these both of these parables is it says that the master is going to return and he's going to want to know what we've done with it. This is the part that doesn't get preached often. Here's the thing. There's two judgment seats of Christ. One for the unsaved and one for the saved. And we're all going to stand before God and He's going to know, He's going to ask us, what have you done with the small that I gave you? And there were three people and there were three responses. You choose which response you want. I know we get, come on, well done, good and faithful servant. But the other option is you wicked and lazy servant. Be cast out. I'm not putting the heavy on us this morning, but I'm just teaching truth. We're going to stand before Jesus one day. And He's going to say, hey, I gave you this. What did you do with it? I gave you that. What what, what did you do with it? Man, hey, I know it's a little bit too late now, but um, you were one of the hundredfold. But because you never surrendered the small, I wasn't able to surrender the much. That's why tithing, and this is not a tithing message, but when we're faithful in the small, He'll give us the much. Tithing is about bringing a tenth to God, a tenth of our increase into the storehouse, the local church where, where you get fed. Desiree and I have ruthlessly tithed, given 10% of our increase in our entire married life. I did it a little bit before I was married. I wish I'd done it the whole time. It was whenever I had a job. But I didn't really know about it and I wasn't taught about it. But we've tithed. And man, have we been blessed. Not just blessed financially. We've been blessed. We've got beautiful kids. Beautiful kids. But here's the thing is, some of you may know this, this story, but I went to our rancho as a kid and I gave my heart to God, fell away from God, being the only Christian in my family. When I was 17, I recommitted my heart back to God, followed Him ever since, made many mistakes, still will. But I started following God and I said, Lord, if you want me, I'll serve you with the rest of my life. It was a major situation in my life as a young person. Got offered to be a manager of pit stop undercar. The guy flirted $100,000 in front of me. That's your wages. That's what you'll be on. Or else go and work at a camp for 600 bucks a month. Big difference. So I decided, I said, God, if, if you want me, give me this job at our rancho. There was five people going for two positions. And I got one of the positions. I gave my heart to God. And then ever since then, I've just been trying to be faithful in the small. Finances, be faithful in the small. 
Can I, can I tell you, this is nothing of what I ever expected our life to be like. I thought I'd, I wanted to do building, so I did building, became a qualified builder. I served the church, loved serving church. And then one day, Pastor Bruce calls Desiree and I into his office in London because we were serving the church in London. He says, hey, uh, I reckon you guys should go and pastor a church and master it. I, I laugh because it's still funny. It's funny to me anyway. And I'm like, oh, there's a small church there of 65 people, including kids. I went there and we just knew God said, hey, hey, this is what I want you to do. Do you know it's only now that I'm figuring it out? When you're faithful in the small, God will give you the greater responsibilities. We saw that church be blessed. People grew, people glorified God. It was over a hundred, uh, sorry, over three hundred people in the in the five and a half years that were there, and many people were saved. Many people were baptized. We we had we had the privilege of leading people to Jesus. We had the privilege of baptizing them. And then God says, "Hey, there's a church in Dunedin needs a pastor. Would you go down there?" That's another story in itself, the whole transition thing. But we came down and Pastor Justine picked us up. We went for a drive around the city. These are and I, we, it was one of the Dunedin Dunnest Dunners. Went and sat at St. Clair Beach. The waves were rolling in, beautiful day. It was like, who, who would not want to live here? But we didn't make our decision on that. We made our decision in prayer and we just said, Lord, was this what you want us to do? See, it's only now that I'm starting to figure out what God's doing. And this is not a message about me and Desiree. This is a testimony of when you're faithful with the small, God will give you the true riches. When you're faithful with the small, He'll give you the true riches. The true riches of people. People's eternity. People's people's lives. See, I'm first generation Christian in my family. First generation. You know, I remember going to some youth group and, you know, going to church and mucking around and probably annoying people. But uh, I look now and my testimony is that my mum's saved. My uncle and my auntie are saved. My niece and my nephew are saved. Just being faithful in the small church. Con, God expects more than just interest. He's so interested in you. He doesn't want interest. He's placed eternity in your heart. He's placed the small in our hands. And we've got the opportunity to produce a 30, a 60, a hundredfold. Uh, We've got the opportunity to to choose how we're going to serve God. Ephesians 3.20, God can do infinitely more than we could ask or think at work with the power of God working within us. But it's all about how we choose to use 
what God has placed in our hearts. Let's be faithful this morning and He'll give us the true riches with the witches people. Amen. Can we stand to our feet and we're just going to do a little bit of time of prayer and then we're going to finish. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.